Those, sign, those peace signs are everywhere. If you go to Justice, my daughter's favorite store, they're on every pair of sweatpants, every like, accessory, every backpack, the peace sign. Why? I don't know. It's kind of corny looking, right? But it's a, it's a craving of peace. We want peace in the world. We want our normal, everyday existence to be the way it's supposed to be because we look in the world and we see fighting and wars and it's a disaster. We need peace. That's what Jesus did. <laughs> That's what Jesus has secured in his death and resurrection. Universal, cosmic peace for the world. And really, it's, it's connected to salvation. We needed to be delivered. The world is now entering into a new reality, a new kingdom that is built on the salvation of God and the peace of man. You can't just scratch the surface with Jesus' words and his work. He has established peace, right? You say, well, how has he established peace? Well, John 17, 4, he says, I have completed the work that you've given me to do. Friends, the mission of God was completed in the person of Jesus Christ. What Jesus was told to do by the Father, guess what? He did. He died in our place for our sins as a perfect substitute on our behalf so that we might be reconciled to God and so that his kingdom would be established in this world. Jesus did it. He said three words in John 19 that bring so much peace and so much completion Things the way that they're supposed to be. You know what those words are? It is finished. Jesus did everything he was told to do. The mission the Father gave him is fulfilled. It's finished. Amen? So there's peace being restored to the world. Because of the perfect obedience and completion of the Son, His mission that He received. It's finished. I've completed the work. So now that Jesus has completed the mission, peace has been established, right? Joy is back. This is one big happy ending, isn't it? Yay, Steelers won the Super Bowl. That's not a happy ending for everybody. We're going to Sweet Frog. That's a happy ending. Okay, common values. We'll leave the Steelers for some other time. Uh, we'll stick to Sweet Frog. There, this is one big happy ending. This is like the end of Lost, right? Where all of our questions are answered and everybody sits in a church, sort of. And everyone's like, hey, good to see you. Man, it's great to be back together again. Let's talk about the old times and just shut the doors and leave the bad guys out. Remember? If you remember the show, Ben was left out. He's we're not really interested in Ben. We're going to just lock the doors. We're going to leave the bad guys out. Right? So peace is established. Joy is back in the equation. We're done. Survey said. Am I the only guy that's watched Family Feud? Survey said. Eh, good. Right? No. Jesus did accomplish his mission. Peace and joy are realities for the people of God who live in the kingdom of God. But this is no ending. This is a new beginning. Right? This is a new beginning. The establishment of peace is a new beginning. The establishment of peace 
through Christ's work leads to the continuation of God's mission through Christ's people. Look at what he says. He says it again, verse 21. Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so, what? I'm sending you. Oh, man. I thought it was over. It's only just begun. As the Father has sent me, so have I sent you. Friends, God's mission is to be continued. As Jesus sends us, as his people, into this place. You say, what were we doing last week? We were doing that. We were recognizing the missionary heart of God and the missionary identity of his people. That's what it was all about last week. He says, as the Father sent me, so have I sent you. He uses two words, actually, for sending there. But both basically mean the same thing. There's no need to see any distinction between those words. But 60 times in the Gospel of John is that word used, emphasized by John. The idea of sending. This is not the first time we've seen this. But what we see here is um, someone is being dispatched when, when this word is used. Someone is being sent out usually for the purposes of communicating something. Right? Something needs to be told. Someone needs to say something. I'm sending you as my messenger. Go speak it. Go herald it. But not only that, not just going to say something, but there's a particular objective that needs to be carried out. There's a goal. There's an end game. You need to go execute said plan. You need to go do this. You need to say this. You need to go do this. Okay? This statement reminds me a little bit, or that word anyway, reminds me a little bit about a scene in Saving Private Ryan. Anybody seen the movie Saving Private Ryan? All you guys in the Christian subculture are like, we're not allowed to watch those movies. Well, I saw it. I saw Saving Private Ryan, and uh, one of my favorite parts is the beginning, right, where General Marshall calls the soldier in, he's reading a letter, a letter written by Abraham Lincoln to Mrs. Bixby. Remember this? Mrs. Bixby had five sons, I believe, that died in the war, and President Lincoln was sending his apology. Well, here we are again. Two brothers have died. One brother's left, if I remember the movie correctly. And this general does not want to send another letter. All your sons have died. And so he brings the soldier, the, the, the next in command in, and General Marshall says, here's what you're going to do. You are going to extract... Private Ryan, you are going to make sure that he is saved, that he does not die. And I'm sending you, with my authority, with my office, the full weight of the U.S. government to go do this. Go. This is your objective. Carry it out. That's what I think about when I see what Jesus is doing here. He, in the same way that he received an objective from the Father and was sent to carry out a mission to save us. We have now received a mission, an objective, and attached to it is a very clear, life-saving message to go into the, all the world, as we said, and proclaim the gospel to all creation. We've been sent as a soldier, right? To save people. We don't do the saving. God's going to do the saving. But we've been sent. 
This statement tells us a lot about who God is, right? God is a missional God. You say, I'm so excited to be a part of a missional church, man. Friends, you're a part, you're in relationship with the most missional thing or person you can imagine. You could not be more connected to the missional reality just because you're connected to God, right? God is a missional God. He sent Jesus. Throughout all of the scriptures, we see God seeing a scenario, needing to deal with predicament. And how does he deal with predicament? By sending servants. Ultimately, by sending Jesus. He sends the Spirit into our hearts so that we can cry out, Abba, Father. God is a sending God. He is a missional God. God is a missionary. Right? Not only that, we are a missional people. That's who we are. We've been sent by Christ into the world. As the Father sent me, so am I sending you. The church is God's representative, God's ambassadors in this world to continue his mission, aren't they? We've been saved by the one whom God sent. And as we see now, we are saved so that we can be sent. It's not over. We don't just huddle up in a locked room. We got places to go, people to meet, and a gospel to proclaim. The mission of God is to be continued. We are his instrument. Whatever God is going to do in the world, he is primarily going to do through all of Christ's people. You hear that drum beat here all the time. You say, I'm not big enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not strong enough. I'm not clear enough. I'm not, I don't have enough money. I don't have enough of that. I don't. Friends, we get that. None of us are enough. God is enough. We're not enough. But yet God in his sovereignty to put on display his power in our weakness has chosen us as his instrument to bring the gospel to the nations. It's who we are. All grace. Saved by grace. Sent by grace. Failing miserably, but God using us to bring his grace. We're his instrument. And friends, not only are we a missional people, but friends, if you're a Christian, let's be clear tonight. Let's just deal with all the confusion. Well, that's not my giftedness. That's not my evangelism. It's not my thing. I don't know. Let's just be clear. If you're a Christian, you're a missionary. And I'm using a mirror here. Okay? So I'm not preaching at you. I'm, pre I'm preaching to myself. If you're a Christian, you're a missionary. Because it's so easy for us to go, missions out there. Let me send some money. And what we do here is like something else. We do Christianity, they do missions. That just doesn't make any sense. Mission is both global, I'm not denying that, right? Going to all the earth. So please don't hear an understating and underemphasizing of global mission. But friends, missions is local, it's right here, it's right in this place, it's Liverpool just as much as it is. Africa. We are missionaries. There is no distinction, only in word choice, between Christian and missionary. That's it. Word choice only. There's no distinction in identity. So we are. We're missionaries. Charles Spurgeon says every Christian is either a missionary or an imposter. Leave it to Chuck Daddy. I mean, he, he's going to say it. He's, you know what I mean? 
He's going to say it. Every Christian is either a missionary or an imposter. No distinction. You're a missionary. Say it with me. I'm a missionary. I'm a missionary. Case closed. Don't say, well, I don't. Say it with me. I'm a missionary. There you go. Feel better now. It's good. Okay, let me ask you a few questions. Why do you live where you live, really? Larry, what's the name of the street you live on? There you go. Why? Why do you live there? There you go. See? Larry's a practical guy, right? Man, you're just trying to make me feel good tonight, right? You're there because God sent you there. You can say, well, we had to choose between one and two, and that was a better deal, and man, I had a nice bet. You're there because God sent you there. Why do you work where you work? I said, man, they paid me 95 G's. That's why I work. Okay, all right, fair enough. But why do you work where you work? God sent you there. Why do you have the last name Maisie, Maisie? God gave you that last name because he wanted to send you into that family to bring the gospel there. Right? Why do you live in 2013? Why are you in this room right here, right now? There's only one answer. Unless you believe in a God that has no control over human history and is watching and waiting for us to do what we're going to do, You've got to believe that you are where you are. You work where you work. You live where you live. you got the name that you have. You live in 2013 because God in his sovereignty has decided to send you into those places and contexts to bring the gospel there. And he saved you from your sin so that you might bring the gospel to people who need to be saved from their sin at work, at home, on your street, in your family. You're a missionary. We're too often thinking, man... We got our 10-year plan. We're going to get this done. We're going to have this job, and we're going to move to this house. And Friends, you're not that much in control of your life. God is orchestrating events. And I believe that as you're trusting him, you're submitting to him. I'm not going non-human responsibility here. We're submitting to him. We're hearing his voice. He's leading us, and he's sending us into very specific places with the gospel. We're missionaries. That's what my circle is all about, isn't it? We talk about spheres of missional influence all the time. My circle training. We're doing it again this fall. Everyone go, oh. Oh, you want to? Good. Because you recognize your missionaries, right? We're doing my circle training again this fall in our missional communities. Be excited about that because, again, it reinforces our missional identity and our missionary task. This is who we are. As the Father has sent us, so uh, is Jesus uh, his Father has sent Jesus, so has Jesus sent us into the world. What does this mean? How do we do it? What are we going to do, specifically? Well, I love what one author by the name of Briscoe says. He says when he talks about Jesus' mission, he says it wasn't Jesus' will, it wasn't Jesus' words, and it wasn't Jesus' works. That Jesus did. Remember what Jesus said in the Gospel of John, right? He said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me. He's not even doing his own will, is he? He's submitting to the Father's will. It's not his will. It's not our will. It's not about what we want to do. It's not about our agenda. 
It's about his will, his agenda, his mission. Jesus said, it's not my word. My words are not my own, he says, John 7, 16. These words are the Father's words. It's not his works. The works that I do are the works of the Father that he has given me to do. Friends, mission for us is not our will. It is not our words. It is not our works. Our mission is characterized by his words, his works, his will. And so just like Jesus, our mission is characterized by submission and obedience to the Father. Amen? It's not about us. God's mission is to be continued as Jesus sends us as his people in this place. That's what last week was all about. Missio sent us because they recognize, and we recognize with them, that we're a sent people. And we're to be about the sending of people. Not the hoarding of, not the gathering of primarily. Let's build a big church downtown where everybody flocks to. No, we're about sending people out. And we should already, in our life cycle, be praying about sending people out of renovation in the next one to three years into another community because we're sending people. We're sent people and we're sending people. This isn't about building a church primarily here and then we're going to crowd everybody in a room, lock the doors, and celebrate the risen Jesus. Is God breaking your heart for a new church in Baldwinsville? Even now, is God breaking your heart for a new church of sent people in Cicero? That's what this is all about. We recognize the missional God that we are connected to, the missionary identity that we have, and the fact that we have been sent by Jesus into the world to bring the gospel to it. And you know what? The best news is this. With such an intimidating call, we might think we're hosed, right? We can't pull it off. But recognize the words of Jesus that points to the fact that when God calls his people to a task, he provides every tool that is necessary to live out that task. And that is no one less, nothing less than God the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us, right? The presence of the resurrected Jesus living inside of our hearts. What God requires of us gives us all the resources necessary to do it. You know what we need? Not a new website, not a blog, right? Not a cool mailer. You know what we need? We need God. Right? We need God. I think we need to, talking with Dave Art, I think we need to spend more time praying than like designing things to hand out to people. Let's design things to hand out to people. We need to spend more time praying. God, if you don't act, if you don't do something in our community, if you don't do something in the life of the person that I've been trying to reach for 30 years, nothing's going to happen. No matter how great the message or the band, no matter how many times we fill up a baptistry. By the way, we're not doing any baptisms tonight. This was Calvary Chapel. But maybe we should in the future partner with them, right? It's not what we're doing. We need to pray and cry out to Jesus for him to act by the power of the Holy Spirit. And like Genesis 2, where God breathes life, the breath of life into man, Jesus once again says, he breathes on them, and he says what? Receive the Holy Spirit. 
You can't do what I'm calling you to do. You can't go where I'm calling you to go and be effective unless I live inside of you. So here it is. The indwelling power of God the Holy Spirit. Receive the Holy Spirit. And last, we see in a tough verse that I'm just going to admit there's a lot of questions and I don't know about this. I'm not going to pretend to know the answer to this very difficult text. But listen to this. Receive the Holy Spirit. Jesus says, if you forgive the sins of anyone, they're forgiven. If you withhold forgiveness from anyone, it is withheld. Friends, the scriptures consistently show that ultimately forgiveness is a gift of God. Okay? We are those who have sinned against Him, and we go to Him confessing our sins, and He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If you're here today, and you feel the weight of your sin, and you, you just crave pardon, full pardon from God, just pardon from God, and you need to know the forgiveness of God tonight... All you got to do is ask. All you got to do is admit humbly, I'm a sinner. I've rebelled against you, God. Please forgive me in and through Jesus Christ. And I'm telling you tonight, he will forgive. He promises to. God forgives. He is the ultimate say who is forgiven, who is pardoned, and who is not. And yet what I think is happening here, although no scholar, as I dug and dug and dug, really had any good answer. But most of them basically said what we see here is a transfer of instrumentality. This is no longer the covenant community, the Jews. They're no longer the instrument in which God is choosing. It's you now. It's you, the people who I am sending, who are now filled with the Spirit, who is now the agent of forgiveness, the the preacher of forgiveness. You are the new covenant community that now is deciding who is in and who is not, right? I'm giving you the keys, if you will. Again, take it or leave it. That's what most scholars are saying. What everyone is saying is God is ultimately forgiving, not us. He's making that final decision. But I think one point that could easily be missed is what is the mission primarily concerned with? What is our missionary activity trying to address? Friends, sin. We can do raking, leave rakes. We can do um, park cleanups. We can do bottled water handouts at 5K races, all that we want. But unless we are dealing with the fundamental issue that the mission of Jesus dealt with, we're not doing mission. Unless we're addressing sin, the greatest obstacle of peace between God and man the greatest obstacle in the world, unless we're addressing sin with the grace and the gospel of Jesus Christ, we're not on mission anymore. Let's just be clear about that too. So again, in talking about the forgiveness and the retention of sin, what we're seeing here is that the mission is primarily concerned about what God is primarily concerned about, the glorification of His name by the removing of sin from those He's made for His glory. We need to be consumed with that reality. Not because we want to beat people over the head with our Bibles and make them feel bad. And we're all about, hey, you know, going Eeyore spirituality. We're all a bunch of sinners. You're all a bunch of sinners. Repent. And walk around with sandwich boards telling, with fire on it, telling everybody they're going to hell. 
That's not what I'm getting at. But friends, if we're not bringing the gospel to our greatest problem, we're not on mission. We're not on mission. God's mission is to be continued. It's not over. It's completed. Jesus did it. It's finished. But it's still being applied through his people, right? The effects of the finished work of Jesus are still being applied by the ministry of God the Holy Spirit through the ministry of the local church. We're missionaries. It's to be continued as Jesus sends us out as his people into this place. So what are we to do with this today? Right? What's our takeaway? I got my notes. I got my pen. Tell me what I'm supposed to do with this practically. Well, friends, i got to be honest with you. I don't think we need to do anything, at least exactly what the text is getting at. I don't think this is about what we need to be doing. I think it is implied. I think it's below the surface. I think it's there, so please don't mishear me. But I don't think that primarily this is about what we need to go do. What I think this is, now, now granted, it is about the fact that we need to obey Jesus, right? Jesus obeyed the Father. His Father sent me, so, so am I sending you. We need to obey Jesus. So, friends, if you're wondering what you're supposed to do with your life, it's obey Jesus and his call. Okay, so if you need that, obey the Lord. He is sending you out. If you... If you need, uh, if you're in a place of fear, right, we're, we're inspired today to, to, to see the presence of Jesus and to be reassured by it. So receive the presence of Jesus in the midst of your fear. No matter what that fear is, whether it's minutiae, I'm scared about taking out the garbage on Tuesday, it's just freaking me out. Or if you're scared about going and being separate from people and from God forever, I don't whether it's the, the meta-narrative, the big things in life, or the little, I don't... Receive the peace of Jesus tonight. Receive the Spirit, right? Believe and be baptized. So if you believe in Jesus, that He is your perfect substitute, you embrace Him, guess what? You're encouraged to receive the indwelling power of the Spirit. So receive the Spirit tonight. If you need forgiveness, seek pardon. But I, again, I, I don't think it's about what we need to do. What I think it's about is what Christ has done for us. And how that has reshaped who we are more than what we do, right? We do what we are, we are what we do. Which is it? No. It's not we are what we do, Right? We do what we are. So we could talk about what we're going to do all we want. But friends, I think what it's getting at here is our identity. This is who we are. We're missionaries. God has sent us. We're Christians, but we're missionaries. We've been sent by him. And so let's stop talking about August 18th. Like, remember our sending service? That was great, wasn't it? Every Sunday is a sending service. Every week, August 25th, guess what we're doing tonight? When we're done, what we're going to do? We're sending you. We're sending you home. We're sending you to work. We're sending you to your street. We're sending you to your family. Every single week is a sending service. You're sent with the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
We're a sent people. So here's my, this is what you got to do. You got to see yourself as sent by Jesus. Got to see it. Don't question it. Receive it. Embrace it. See every moment of your life as a missional moment. So I'm going to go be a missionary today between 12 and 2. Friends, when you're doing dishes, you're on mission to your family. Right? When you mow your lawn, you're on mission. When you wave to your neighbor, you're on mission. When you go the extra mile at work without anybody seeing, guess what? You're on mission. When you speak words of kindness, when everybody else is being difficult and abrasive, guess what? You're on mission. You're always on mission because you are always a missionary. That's who we are. See every moment as a missional moment. Don't dualism me. You know, like this is when I'm a Christian, this is when I'm a football fan. You're only both a Christian and a football fan if you like the Steelers. So don't try to... Anyway, I had to say it. See, every aspect of your life, place, that you spend time as a mission field. Right? Every moment's a missional moment. Everywhere I go is a mission field. When you go and you buy groceries, guess what? You're on mission in the mission field. Right? Some of my most unsanctified moments have been at Home Depot returning some product like this. You know, and then I realize I'm wearing like old school Catalyst tee, and I'm like, shoot. Or uh, a Missio tee, now a renovation tee. I was at the fair yesterday wearing a renovation tee. Guess what? You know, no getting mad at the corn that's cold and throwing it in the garbage like you're mad, right? You're on mission. Do we have to be wearing a t-shirt? To feel that way? Or do we just recognize that at every given moment, everybody is examining and watching your life so that when you come with the message of the gospel, they can see consistency and integrity and say, yeah, I believe that. I believe that. God's mission is to be continued as Jesus sends us as people in this place. Amen. Lord, we give you thanks all that you are. You came, left heaven, willingly submitted to the Father, the architect of our salvation. You were sent by the Father and you came. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. You obeyed perfectly in a sinless life and offered yourself perfectly as our as our substitute and you died in our place and you rose again from the dead you're alive and yet in your grace you have chosen to send us in your perfect sovereign plan you have sent us and so tonight we receive that lord i pray that if anyone here tonight that is been hesitant to receive that call that they would embrace it tonight. That their marriage, their family, their neighborhood, their workplace, they would embrace it as their mission field. I pray that if there's anybody here tonight that's never heard about Jesus dying in their place for their sins, that they would say, please, give me Jesus. Send him to me personally right here, right now that I might see him for all that he is, that I might receive the peace that comes 
from his presence that lives inside of me. That I may receive full pardon for every wicked thing that I've done and know without a shadow of a doubt that he will never leave me nor forsake me in this life or the next. If there's anybody here tonight that needs to place their faith, hope, trust in Jesus, that they would. Use us in these suburbs, we pray. Holy Spirit, work in the hearts of every man, woman, and child and save them. In Jesus' name, amen.